Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. Thanks to Primally Pure for supporting today's episode. Primally Pure is one of my favorite companies. They excel at creating safe, natural skincare products made with quality ingredients. Primally Pure has become my go-to brand for clean, non-toxic face cleansers, creams, and serums. They're also the makers of my favorite all-natural and effective deodorant. I love their blue tansy scent, but they have other awesome scents too charcoal, geranium, lavender, lemongrass, unscented, and tea tree, which is my husband's favorite. They've generously offered a discount code for listeners. Be sure to use the code LORIBETH10, L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H-1-0, for 10% off your first order. For my personal review of their products and a list of my favorites, head over to elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash primallypure. That's elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash primally pure. Today's episode is also sponsored by Beautiful and Simple, an online boutique I've created and filled with products that remind us to slow down, practice self-care, and focus on the meaningful parts of our day, the beautiful and simple moments. My favorite mug is the one that says you cannot pour from an empty cup. It's my daily reminder to take care of myself so I can take care of my family. Go check out the collection of mugs, shirts, and bags currently available at beautifulandsimple.com. That's beautifulandsimple.com. I'm so glad you're here for today's conversation. Personally, I am almost 40 years old. I've had my period since seventh grade. I've had three babies, and it turns out there is still more information that I can learn about my own body and my menstrual cycle. I'm wondering what your periods are like for you. Are they awesome, awful, a breeze, maddening, inconsistent, non-existent in this season? Whatever your current relationship with your body and period, whatever your age, whatever season you're in when it comes to your menstrual cycle, this conversation is for you. Did you know that you can work with your menstrual cycle, understand more about your hormones and live in harmony with your body rather than pushing against it and all with a simple tracking technique and one very helpful mindset shift. Claire Baker is here to share with us about what those doable changes look like and how they can positively influence our relationship with our bodies and our daily schedules. Her work has helped me get more in touch with my own cycle and energy levels and taught me how to have more grace with myself and be more productive by simply being aware of where I am in my cycle. Claire shares so much in this episode, but also in her new book, 50 Things You Need to Know About Periods, Know Your Flow and Live in Sync with Your Cycle that just launched yesterday here in North America. You guys, I've read the book and it is good. It is so good. It's visually appealing, packed with information, easy to understand, There's lists and charts and bullet points and graphs and fun illustrations. You'll fly through it because it is just so interesting. And on top of that, it's inspiring. The whole book is like a call to action for us to track our cycles, sync our lives, understand our bodies more, and reframe the next generation's thinking about menstruation. Honestly, I am excited to pass this book on to my three daughters and have it available to them as a loving, supportive resource. 
Claire views periods in terms of seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter, which she will describe in the show. And I have to tell you, thinking of it in this way, there is so much freedom to be found in not trying to be the the summer girl all the time, if you will. Claire wants us to adore our cycles, know ourselves better, and find monthly and daily peace with natural hormone changes. Claire is a teacher and a highly sought-after period coach, author, and speaker. For nearly a decade, Claire has taught thousands of women how to live in harmony with their menstrual cycles rather than working against it. Claire believes menstrual cycle awareness is the missing key to women's well-being empowerment, and creativity, and her immersive online course and workshops inspire women to know their flow and become the authority in their own lives. Claire's online program, Adore Your Cycle, has students in over 35 countries. With a background in visual arts and creative business, Claire is a certified health and life coach, has studied menstruality leadership, and is trained as a natural fertility teacher. Known for her authentic voice and ability to make periods fun, Claire is regularly featured in publications such as Red, Glamour, and Women's Health Magazine. Originally from Australia, Claire now lives in sunny East London and spends her days coaching, teaching, writing, dancing, and being as close to trees as she possibly can. After the conversation... You'll want to head to the show notes and check out more of Claire's awesome links and resources she provides. And she's got an awesome Instagram too. That's very helpful. I'll link those in the show notes. Without further ado, here is the lovely Claire Baker. Aloha, Claire. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Ah, I'm so thrilled to be here, Lori Beth. Thank you. Oh, this is lovely. I love it. This will be like my second or third interview across two oceans. And it always feels so good to, to do that. It's like the modern miracle and bringing in that international perspective. And I think you just do that so well. But before we get into that, I'm wondering how you got into menstrual cycle work. And what what would your title be someone who does menstrual cycle work? Mm-hmm. The title one, gosh, I find that one tricky. I um, it's changed <laughs> for me over the years. For a long time, I worked as a women's health and life coach because my mm. my training is in um, is in integrative nutrition as a health coach, and I've done various trainings around life coaching and personal development. Um, and as the menstrual cycle work, and I'll talk more about this in a moment, as that became more of a focus, then I started playing around with like menstrual cycle coach, menstrual cycle awareness coach, period coach, um, I st- you know, menstrual cycle facilitator. I still find that one a bit tricky to answer, if I'm honest. I know you meant to have kind of like a punchy elevator. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, no. Okay. Yeah, at the moment I'm I'm quite enjoying period coach. I'm I am also a trained natural yeah. fertility teacher and yeah, I'm qualified as a health and life coach. Um but I also just consider myself a teacher, I think first and foremost, because I spend yeah. most of my time teaching online courses or workshops, even more so now than coaching. I'm not actually coaching one on one as much as I have in past years. So I if I think about what I do, I spend most of my time teaching courses and holding space um, online for different circles and groups for women and people with periods who want to learn how to work with their menstrual cycle and understand the different hormonal phases of their cycle and live in greater harmony with their body rather than than pushing against it. So yeah, so that's what I do. And I got into this work through my own personal struggles with my hormones, um, which is such a common story, isn't it? I think people, mm-hmm. right, healers and mm-hmm. teachers, it's often through our own personal hurdles that we come to to deliver the medicine that we have to share, and it certainly was the case for me. I had been on hormonal contraception for about a decade. I started taking it when I was about 16 for um, hormonal acne, and mm. it was – to be honest with you, like it was 
so convenient for me to be on the pill. I actually really didn't have any issues. I know a lot of people really struggle with uh, the birth control pill. I like, I loved it. I loved that I could orchestrate my life around it by not having my period when I didn't want to. You know, of course, for contraceptive reasons um, in my early 20s, it was great to, to not have to worry about um, contraception, other contraceptive methods, and it was mostly fine. It wasn't until I... I just started to feel a bit out of alignment. I was around about 25, 26, and it started to feel a bit strange to me to be taking this synthetic hormone every day. I was at a point in my life where I was making better choices for my well-being. I was going to yoga and eating more whole foods and taking care of my gut health and not drinking so much and just starting to like stop that like early 20s uni lifestyle and just grow up a bit, I think. and. It just started to feel strange to me to take this hormonal contraception. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to give it a go and I'll just come off and see what happens. And I was worried that my skin would flare up and it didn't. It was fine. My skin has been totally clear and fine since coming off the pill. Um, But what was really surprising to me was that my period vanished. It just did not come back. Mm -hmm. I just didn't get a period for three months, six months, 12 months it took for my um, for my menstrual cycle to kick back into gear and to begin ovulating and menstruating again. And in that 12 months, I, I felt afraid, to be honest with you. I felt really anxious that I had unknowingly um, negatively affected my body um, and my reproductive system by being on, on birth control for such a long time because the why wasn't my period returning? I had just I had no idea what to do. And so I did a lot of research that year um, and undertook a lot of different healing, you know, healing therapies to, to support my body to um, get my hormones sorted out. And And I learned a lot about what ovulation even was and I learned about the female reproductive system and the different hormonal phases of the cycle and how to chart and I just was fascinated that this information was new to me. You know, I was 26 and it was new news to me. Um, So when my period did finally come back, I was so excited to be able to implement everything that I'd been learning about charting and and living more in sync with my hormonal flow. I was also coaching women already at that point and working as a health and life coach and it became really clear to me that off the pill my body felt so different from week to week and I could see very clearly the hormonal distinctions and see how my physical, mental, emotional and spiritual selves changed week to week, day to day um, with this natural menstrual cycle. And I realized that like the seven-day fitness and meal plans that we've been sold in women's health magazines and even in my health coaching training, you know, didn't consider that uh, the female body has a completely different rhythm. We have this monthly clock that is just not spoken about. It certainly wasn't back then. And so I began to just integrate it into the work I was already doing with women. So if somebody was coming to me wanting to take better care of themselves or they had career hurdles they were working through or we were working on self-doubt or relationship stuff, like it didn't matter what it was that I was working on with my clients, menstrual cycle awareness helped every single one of them by helping them to understand better where they were in the menstrual cycle and understand their strengths and their vulnerabilities and learning to chart and just connecting to themselves in a new way and understanding how this monthly clock affects how, you know, how they felt. Um, It was just so obvious to me that this needed to be incorporated into my work. And so that's how, yeah, that's how it all began. It was totally organic I certainly never sort like set out to to become a period coach um but it just I couldn't ignore it it was so clear to me that this information had to be integrated into all of the health and life coaching personal development spirituality work that I was doing with my clients so that's yeah that's where I've that's where I've landed (laughs) Uh, that's a lovely story. I actually appreciate so many parts of that. I loved your description at the beginning when you're like, well, it's all these things, you know, all these different titles, because 
as you were describing them all and, and not necessarily having like a perfect bow to tie around it, you know, and just like, boom, a period coach makes sense to me. When I hear you use that term, it rings true, but I'm also like, man, you're almost like a period pioneer. Isn't that wild? I like that, that term. Yeah. <laughs> you're teaching so many different people. I'm like, no wonder you, there's no title for it because you're pioneering these concepts for us. And um, yeah, I, I can see the teacher element in all of that. And I love that you just kind of let it unfold too. And, you know, sometimes I feel like that's what I'm doing with the podcast here too, is that it is very self-serving. Like I, on some level, you know, I'm figuring out things that I need and then presenting them to other moms too, because they need this information too. And it's, it's, I loved that you said I was 26 and still learning about my period. I am almost 40. I turned 40 this year. I have three children and I am still learning things from you. You know, even though I've had a period since seventh grade (laughs) and it happens all, you know, every month and seems kind of regular, but tracking and your notions that you have presented, not only in your book, but then also online have totally changed my life too, because what you're teaching makes, makes sense. And then I love that you're also not ignoring the spiritual part of it all too, that when you you talked about, you know, also considering our spiritual self, I'm like, yes, that is like a big missing link for a lot of moms in our parenting journey and in our womanhood journey and getting to know ourselves and that self-awareness that we're forgetting to bring that piece into basically every element, you know, work and parenting and now even a menstrual cycle awareness. So I love that. Thank you. Mm, Yeah. What I love about it's really be a beautiful hearing you say that it's what I love about this work is that you can jump in at any point if you have a current mm-hmm. if you currently have a menstrual cycle if you're not currently menstruating if you won't menstruate again even you know menopausal postmenopausal we can still in retrospect do this work and and look back and begin to reconcile why we might have felt inconsistent at different times or why Mm. our emotions were unexplained or why we were feeling a particular way. And that's been really healing for me, even to look back at my teen years before taking hormonal contraception and to just consider that I was experiencing premenstrual you know, symptoms at that time, premenstrual weeks, and had no language for what that was. You know, I had no language to understand the emotional, like these new emotional ebbs and flows that I was feeling. And that's actually been really healing for me in, you know, in retrospect to look back and to think, okay, that's why that was quite a tough time because there was Mm -hmm. this whole new hormonal like atmosphere in my body and I didn't understand what was going on. I had some, I had some understanding about how to manage my period, but that was it. You know, it didn't, it didn't extend beyond that. So I think we can come to this work at any age and, and gain something from it. Mm -hmm. I agree. I love that because it is more about a cycle and more about awareness than anything else. And, and cyclical seasons of our life don't necessarily have an age limit, (laughs) especially when it relates to the moon and things like that, which you talk about in your book, which is awesome. Um, Before we get into some of the details of your book, I'd actually love to hear your international perspective regarding attitudes about menstrual cycles, you know, living in the UK, but then also being from Australia, you know, are there some differences or universal qualities that you notice when it comes to women or periods in general? Hmm. There are, they are, they are there definitely. So I've been living in the UK for just over four years now. And what I've noticed here, I mean, culturally, (laughs) Brits are more (laughs) modest maybe. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, yeah, that's the international, yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's the word I could use there yeah modest and there is more um of a private Mm. nature thing to talking about menstruation and menstrual cycles here than there is in Australia where I think we are a bit more open however I also live in London and London is you know it's not necessarily England right so London is Mm. uh, I mean 
you know, I've been to like menstrual cabarets here. Like I've been to oh, like. Oh, no kidding. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, you know, you can find anything and everything you wanted here. Um, so it is, it is interesting because here in London itself, there is actually like quite a lot of, um, of like circle work around, around women's work and menstrual cycles. And that's really exciting. I think the UK also has a Celtic, um, and also pagan, um, ancient culture here and that's still quite alive in some parts of the country and and those those cultures celebrated menstruation in a way that we know we don't really today and celebrated cycles and seasons and understood that it was you know it was inherent in that culture that appreciation of a feminine more cyclical approach to life rather than the quite modern day linear culture that we're in today. And I can feel that from, you know, a lot of people I've met here and the trainings I've undertaken here in England, that there is that like that energy running through the work that's happening now. Um, so I, it varies. I, yeah, it does. It is interesting to consider it though. I think in Australia we tend to make a more of a joke about it. Like we tend to make a joke about everything. We just like, so, you know, yeah, we just definitely tend to find the humour in it and um, maybe if we're talking more openly about it there, it's in a more negative way. Like we're quite good at <laughs> like taking the piss out of out of things. Mm. I think that's what, while we might be more open about it, it's not in a positive way necessarily. It's often in a, yeah, in a kind of it's still some you know there's still shame that's driving it yeah I feel you on that I I kind of wondered that I was Mm. I was wondering if there was that sort of like shame element of like or you know in either of if your experience in either of those countries is that people still shove tampons up their sleeves you know and like link to the bathroom definitely and I wouldn't say that either place is any further along in that regard I think there are different subtleties in the way that 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 shame manifests ultimately but um I'm still yet to to see really clear evidence of people speaking openly and positively about having a period anywhere in the world right now yeah that's interesting you say that because I have mom friends, you know, in mom's groups and and once you start having babies together, mm. <laughs> there's a lot of things that you talk about that you never thought that you would talk about. And we definitely bring individual comfort levels and experiences and beliefs to the table when it comes to this. But at the end of the day, we are um, moms who are like, well, when did you get your period back, you know, and, and how are your cycles been after you had your first baby, your second baby, your third baby, you know, are like things normal for you. And there's just this definite awareness. And once you have so many kids, and you're trying to track your cycle, but you're also breastfeeding, or you're tandem feeding, and your hormones are all over the place. Um, I, we, I don't know if it's just my mom's group or mom friends, but we tend to talk about it a lot more um, for very pragmatic reasons, like we're, we don't have a cycle, but we don't want to get pregnant because we have a six week old, you know, or like a six month old or a 16 month old. And, and we're like, so how do we do this? And how do we keep track? And we're trying to figure it out. And it's like this slow unfolding that's being more driven, um, by individual needs, you know, or it's even things like, well, I was on the pill, but I don't want to go back on it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, do you take the mini pill? And then there's lots of, well, it is, what is the mini pill? And there's just so many different things. And I feel like we're kind of left to talk amongst ourselves. But I will say the big push that I've noticed in the last year has been a talk about menstrual cups. Mm. that we're all a bunch of us like this huge shift is moving away from tampons Mm -hmm. and in pads and if we are using those we're more aware of what they're made of and so we're more conscientious conscientious about what brands we buy but then I cannot tell you how many of my friends have said can I please get a menstrual cup suggestion from you or anybody. And then we talk about everything from brands to I'm having some insertion problems. <laughs> sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I do, I do see a shift in the mom community, just so you know, and I think it's a, it's a good one and, and um, maybe not so much menstrual cycle awareness as far as like weeks and stuff go, but just knowing and understanding our bodies and what's affecting our cycles. Mm. Oh, it's so important. Yeah. I love hearing that. I think that certainly, you know, as you say, if you're breastfeeding and then charting your cycle and charting fertility and even, you know, to, to um to become pregnant i think that's how a lot of women stumble upon this work i've heard that many times is that it wasn't until i decided that i wanted to conceive that i began to pay attention to my menstrual cycle it had always just sort of been this thing and then suddenly when you want to have a baby it takes on a whole new meaning and understanding fertility um suddenly becomes you know a, a huge focus of course so i really i really love hearing that and the menstrual the menstrual cup how do you find them? Do you like using a cup? Oh, I love it. Yeah, love it. it. It just, I can't believe that I didn't know about this until after I had three babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I also love my cup. I love that. I just love that I haven't had to buy tampons or pads in like five years. And mm-hmm. it, it feels so satisfying to me when I pour my blood out, whether it's on the garden or whether it's down the toilet that I'm not creating more waste. It feels mm-hmm. really important to me that I'm not flushing something or throwing something out. Like it's it's just so self-serving. Um, using a menstrual mm-hmm. cup is so good for the planet. That always feels really good and nourishing to me, but also just connecting with with my blood. I, um, I hear this so often from women that they start using a menstrual cup and then realise that, a, their blood isn't actually that gross at all as they might have right. assumed that it was or been conditioned to believe that it was and actually it's just fine. And that B, it holds a quite a lot of important information and really great feedback from the body, whether it's changes in the colour or the quantity or clotting, to be able to track the, you know, the consistency, the quality, the quantity of your blood is is actually incredibly helpful, um, particularly, you know, for me personally, I've been working on thyroid health for the past couple of years with a naturopathic practitioner and the my blood is a huge indicator of, of where my thyroid health is currently at and that's always a really important part of our discussions about, you know, yes, blood tests and all of those things come into it but also looking at, at my menstrual flow and, and um using that, you know, is gold. And that's been that's been really cool to to hear other women go through that same experience as well, of realizing that it's actually really valuable to understand the changes in um in blood flow. And certainly after having kids, um, there can be a lot of changes in the the quantity and the quality of blood. So tracking that and being able to track that can really help with any, you know, any health goals that you might have. I agree. I love that you specifically brought up the thyroid stuff because I too manage my thyroid stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) through a naturopath. And that has been really life-changing for me. And that is something I have learned that self-awareness and being aware of my body and everything from inflammation levels and the food that I'm eating. And then I guess I'd never thank you for widening my lens and helping me include um, my menstrual cycle and all that too, because I had not yet made that connection. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So having menstrual um, blood flow and, and low thyroid, there is a connection there oh, right on. and that's been interesting for me to observe the patterns and the changes as well I mean everybody is different but there is you know there is a connection there and certainly different hormonal imbalances estrogen dominance these things can all manifest in in changes in menstrual blood so it's just such an awesome feedback system right and using a menstrual cup yeah. does give you that extra like layer of visi- you know visibility being able to viscerally see and touch and and get in you know get intimate with with your blood um and you do realize it's just like oh that's cool that's normal it's there's nothing gross about this it's fine 
Yeah, thank you. Isn't that funny? Because um, I think for maybe some people listening, they're thinking, oh, actually, I was kind of thinking that menstrual cups might be yuckier, like messier, or they just don't get it. It's just such a new concept that I think you're right. I love that you talk about it in that way, because I think it takes the stigma out of our menstrual cycles about getting to know ourselves better and just being aware of these sort of natural processes that over the years we have been conditioned to believe are not natural or yucky or you just ugh, you just throw it away and yuck move on with your day and boy you're about to blow everybody's minds um, with quite the opposite I am curious in your work, what surprises you the most about what women don't know about their periods and cycles in this day and age? I think there's still a misconception that we have a period, we have the week that we're bleeding or the few days that we're bleeding, and then the rest of the time is just sort of the same. I think that maybe we might consider that ovulation is something that is happening, particularly if we are or have, you know, identified our fertile window in the past for conception or contraception, then maybe we also have an understanding of ovulation. But I, I, what I really see is just a complete misunderstanding that the menstrual cycle contains four different distinct hormonal phases and that actually our hormones are not only changing week by week, day to day, but hour by hour we are experiencing fluctuations and this ebb and flow of our hormonal monthly clock. It's not static when we don't just have this one week that we bleed and then the rest of the time is the same. But if we've been on hormonal contraception, as I said, I was on it for 10 years, that is the experience that you have. Um, you do have just that week where you're having a withdrawal bleed and then the rest of the time is the same. So I also understand why if somebody's taken birth control, they might have that same assumption about a natural menstrual cycle. And again, I didn't learn about this in high school. I learned how to manage my period with uh, menstrual products, but I certainly didn't learn about the ebb and flow of estrogen and progesterone across my menstrual cycle and how that might make right. me feel. So that is still a huge misconception that I'm always very happy to do to debunk for people because that's when the light bulbs go off. And that's what I mean when I say, yes, this work is about periods, but it's it's also about you know, the entire cycle. It's what I'm really interested in is helping women to understand their entire menstrual cycle and how, and to recognize that at any point, you know, if you're menstruating currently um, in your life, then at any point on any day, you will be somewhere on that menstrual cycle. You know, you're going to be somewhere and wherever you are, whatever hormonal phase you're in is likely going to be impacting your mood today, your energy levels, your Calm, focus, confidence, your relationships, everything. And mm -hmm. just knowing where you are, you know, is really life-changing stuff. So that's still a huge misconception. Yeah. Life-changing is an understatement. It is so empowering and calming to know this information. And I can say this as someone who was introduced to your work, you know, about a year ago and also other people who talk about tracking your periods like Kate Northrup and different, different folks who just say there's so much wisdom in it. And it's a whole different cycle, but I really love the way that you look at it. And I just think your book is incredible and just what women of all ages need, in my opinion. And I've already stated that I learned so much from your book. The wonderful thing I really like is your view of the menstrual cycle and how it relates to seasons, because by introducing us to this concept of seasons, you're asking us to reframe this sort of you know, periods, ooh, yuck attitude that we have into teaching us to lean in more toward being in tune with our periods. And by being more in tune with our periods, we're more in tune with our bodies and our mood and our drives, whether that be sex drives or work drives or anything. And you do that all by helping us see periods as seasons. So I was wondering if you could break down that for a notion for us a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I hear you. I love the idea of using the seasons of the year to help to explain the four phases of the menstrual cycle because it does again take it from something menstrual menstruation that can feel either gross or shameful or weird or uncomfortable for people to a real celebration so 
we move through that you know the monthly the monthly rhythm of the hormonal female hormonal cycle moves through the same like death and and rebirth process that the four seasons of the year do so we've got winter spring summer and um, you call it fall right mm-hmm. and that expansion and contraction of the year is mirrored in our own bodies every single month-ish, over the length of your menstrual cycle is. So we can consider menstruation, the week when we're bleeding, when we have our period, to be akin to like a winter phase, an inner winter. And that's a time when hormones are at their lowest levels for the entire cycle and it's natural that we might feel more withdrawn, that we might just feel like, hanging inside and taking it easy, resting more. We probably don't have as much energy or strength or resilience that we might have in other times of the month. And just like, yeah, just like winter outside when it's cold and dark, it's it's very appealing to stay inside and just hang out on the sofa and um, and relax with a hot chocolate yeah. or something, right? Um, so mm-hmm. that's that phase. And it is very much about pressing pause and going within and nurturing that relationship with ourselves. And um, it can be, I know, for some, for some people with periods, a really tender time and a really tough time. But what I've I've observed over the years of teaching this work is that if we can carve out some more time for ourselves here and just take it easy, take the pressure off, even if it's just for half an hour, you know, and just really allow ourselves to let go and surrender and relax, that actually this time can become something that we look forward to because it feels like Mm. pressing a reset button and, um, you know, getting back into alignment, just taking a breather, like a bit of a pit stop, Mm -hmm. and then we can move forward from there. So then once bleeding ends and we merge from the period cave, we've got estrogen rising here and this waxing, this growing hormone in the body is, you know, inspires us to get up and get out. So a lot of people really resonate with that idea of um, that like surge in physical energy that's often felt in the couple of days after um, period ending and feeling lighter in the body, feeling more energetic, wanting to to get back out into the world and get things moving. And that's the spring phase. And just like the spring of the year, it is about you know, gently blossoming and, um, you know, starting to reemerge and there's a lot of momentum here. And so for some people, they just love this phase because they love that sense of like getting back to work, getting back into things, starting projects, just feeling that like refresh of energy just feels like a renewal and feels brilliant. For other people, it can feel I've noticed it can bring up feelings of overwhelm and a bit of anxiety and tenderness here. So, you know, it's a different, it's different for everybody, but that's the spring. Then we move into the summer phase and the summer is when we're ovulating. So that's the other pole in the cycle. You can kind of consider menstruation and ovulation to be these two different poles. And at, at both there is a, a release of sorts. You've got a release of blood at menstruation and then over at ovulation there's the release of the egg and this is the fertile window in the fertile phase of the menstrual cycle. And, yeah, I mean, we're in summer right now here in England, as I know you are as well, and mm-hmm. it is just so bountiful and there's so much en- like energy in the air and it's just lush and green and people are out socialising and, um is so much light like there's just so much energy and it's the same in our bodies we have the peak here of of hormones of estrogen we also get a bump of testosterone and this combination lends itself to more confidence more resilience feeling like superwoman like truly feeling like you can do everything and if there is one week in the cycle where I say that you probably can actually do everything and be you know everything to everyone then then this is probably going to be it um we can't maintain that all the time just as you know we couldn't maintain summer all the time either you know might be nice for a while but but i think ultimately we would miss like cozy nights in 
um, and just and and more time to relax and to be introspective. So then we have yeah this this peak of summer of ovulation, and then we move into the fall of the menstrual cycle, and this is when the hormone progesterone is the more dominant hormone for the last part of the cycle, and that's the hormone that's there to nurture a potential pregnancy. And this hormone is much less about getting outdoors and being outside with people and is much more interested in staying safe and it's very soothing and it makes us sleepier and, you know, it's, it's definitely the more chilled out hormone of the two. Um, and, again, like this can feel really lovely if you're somebody that enjoys your, you know, time alone and is able to get that time alone and enjoys the, like, the richness of this phase and the kind of truth-telling energy of the premenstrual phase. And some women just love their autumn because they feel more like themselves here actually than in other phases. But oh, I, I recognise that for a lot of women, uh, myself included at times in my life, the premenstrual week is tricky. It can be really tricky, uh-huh. Uh-huh, right? Yeah. Like premenstrual. Raising my hand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, if, often if we expect ourselves to maintain the same levels of energy that we have for the couple of weeks mm-hmm. prior, if we don't have support systems where we can just really like let go and, and get that time and that space alone and begin to slow down in the lead up to menstruation, if we've got, you know, if there is hormonal imbalances in the body, um, if we're not taking the best care of ourselves, if stress levels are really high, there are many reasons that can lead to many factors that can lead to discomfort and um you know and mild to severe premenstrual symptoms in that autumn week fall week and then that takes us right back down to to our winter again so then we hormones um drop to their lowest levels and once progesterone production halts entirely we begin to bleed and step back into the winter phase of our menstrual cycle press that big red reset button again and release the past cycle and and begin it all over again and just continue month after month to move through that rhythm I love that. That has been life-changing for me. And even as I'm hearing you say this, and I've been utilizing it in my own life, I'm like, boy, doesn't that make so much sense? I mean, how many of us are trying to be summer girls all the time, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. just trying to maintain that same level? We have mostly been conditioned to be the summer girl all the time, you know, and Ah, oh, it it is wonderful when I am working with with women to see them really come to me having a lot of um, a lot of problems in that premenstrual week with anger and rage and frustration and emotional ups and downs and sensitivity and anxiety, and then to be able to work through some of the reasons why they might be feeling like that, and for them then to actually begin to love that phase and love that more boundaried version of themselves and love the part of themselves that's learned to say no or to claim what they need or ask for space or or let go of things that actually aren't working for them anymore and to listen to the niggles before they, you know, get to like peak problem stage. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so, you know, again, as I said earlier, when it comes to personal development, I, I just couldn't ignore this framework for, for being able to really grow into our, our true selves and to let go of the things that aren't working for us and focus more on the things that we do want. The menstrual cycle, and particularly that, that premenstrual week, really can give us a great deal of insight into who we are and what we want and what we don't want and where we're going. And um, I just love that we can use this as a framework every single month to, mm-hmm. to get to know ourselves better in that way. I'm nodding like crazy over here because all the words you just described were my last week, <laughs> you know, like the boundaries and, and, you know, learning to find your voice and say no and figuring out what you actually want and, you know, shed things that don't serve you or get ready to, you know, and just kind of get geared up. And it, I've shifted more from just the generic version of like, oh, this is PMS, you know, or, oh, just pop a pill, you know, to help you with that. There's a, there's a pill to help you maintain that summer girl status, you know, and it just, it's so much more fun to be in that natural rhythm and just so much more peaceful. So I know that these are going to be my reset days. So I'm not going to beat myself up if, you know, we 
order a pizza for dinner because that just feels good because I don't feel like cooking because I'm exhausted Mm -hmm. and just why not, you know, or if I don't do my workout, I'm not going to be like, darn it. Mm -hmm. Why didn't I do that? You know, I was going for 30 days in a row. No, you know what? I'm just honoring my body and where it is. And I found that by doing that and paying attention to the seasons, I have discovered that I am one of those tricky transition people where I actually have kind of a hard time stepping, taking that step from winter into spring and then spring into summer and then summer into autumn. And so it's that transition day for me that is more tricky than any one particular season. And you've helped me see that as just like a a temporary blip. Mm -hmm. And I can just see it as awareness of like, oh, I'm shifting and the hormone shift is obvious. So we're just going to take this as the one day shift that's happening and just embrace it or go with it or melt more into that mood rather than trying to force myself, you know, into graceful transitions. (laughs) I'm trying, but I think awareness is the first step to finding any sort of grace with those transitions. Yeah, of course it is. Absolutely. And we all have our vulnerable points in the cycle. It's definitely not about this work definitely isn't about trying to perfect the cycle or have, you know, a, this archetypal cycle that is just seamless all of the time. Um, so I think having that awareness, I'm really glad that you mentioned that, those those crossover points, those transition moments in the cycle from one season to the next, yeah, can often be a vulnerable day for, for many people. Um, so knowing that and being able to hopefully um, chart in advance where-ish they might be, then that information in and of itself means that you might be less likely to overschedule those days or you can mm-hmm. schedule in more self-care for that time or just be extra gentle with yourself. Um, that kindness piece and that self-compassion and that permission for for yourself to be able to take what you need is, is so powerful. I, I was just smiling when you mentioned the 30-day um, like gym, gym challenge. I I'm like campaigning for my yoga studio to, they've got a 30 day monthly plan. Yeah. And I'm like, they really need to offer a three week plan because I could go every day for three weeks, you know, for like Mm -hmm. my spring, my summer and my autumn, I could do a class every day when they do those 30 day challenges, but I just Mm -hmm. don't want to go when I'm bleeding. I just don't feel Mm -hmm. like going and doing yoga. I might do some like rolling around on my floor at home. (laughs) The last thing I want to do is like don my like leopard print leggings and go out the door and on day one to class. Um, right. I've been thinking so much about this, like these 30 day challenges and these seven day meal plans and this like obsession with this consistency that just doesn't work <laughs> for people that uh-huh. have a menstrual cycle. It's, it's insidious. It's everywhere, isn't it? It is. It's like we we had talked about like a linear, you know, time that we live in. And I've heard people mention it like it's a man's world in terms of men are kind of like on a 24 hour cycle. And so the rest of us have been asked to be on a 24 hour cycle, but women are actually more on like a 28 day cycle. And we're just all over the map. I support you. If you like start a petition or something for that three week thing, you just let me know you forward it over here because I am, I would be on board with that too. And my best friend owns a um, fitness studio. And uh, just so you know, I might pass that on to her too and be like, you need to go follow Claire because she knows, Mm -hmm. she knows. You've just normalized all these varied energy levels for us, which you know, when we're asked to be steady all the time and be in this like 24 hour cycle instead of our 28 day cycle and kind of like honoring where we are. And it's like square peg round hole, you know, we're trying to fit into the summer all the time, go, go, go. And when we're not matching that and our energy levels are all over the place, it can feel crazy making and like we're doing something wrong, but you're just asking us to step out of that. And 
I love that because you've explained that to us. And then I love that you include this vulnerability piece too, and that there's different vulnerabilities with each season and also different strengths, strengths as well. And, you know, I would bet money that people listening, some, some listeners feel vulnerable, just listening to this conversation that we're having, you know, or thinking back on their own menstrual history or beliefs about periods and, and, I don't know. Could you speak to us a little bit about that? Because if we're feeling a little unsure and we're trying to unpack all of this, what, what's a good way to go from, you know, feeling vulnerable into kind of moving forward with this new information and awareness? Yeah, it's a great question. Look, there's no, I'm never interested in um, overnight transformations or like going from zero to 10. We have to take this gently and and with you know respect for ourselves and respect for the huge amount of conditioning that we've been under for a very long time when it comes Mm -hmm. to this part of our lives and this part of our bodies um so gently does it if you're feeling if you're listening to this and feeling curious and um something is stirring within you then trust that and follow that the first thing to do in in terms of the practicalities of living more in alignment with your menstrual cycle is just to figure out where you are in the cycle today what day of your cycle you're on and the easiest way to do that is to look back to your last period and the first day of your period so the first day that you had that full flow red blood that's day one and then just simply count forward from there and figure out what day you're on today and maybe have to think about you know have you ovulated yet do you have a sense of that in your cycle or not it's okay if you don't know but maybe you do and just start to figure out where you are in the cycle perhaps what phase you're in and just start to chart every day how you're feeling and this can be I really need it doesn't have to be difficult it can be so simple Um, Mm -hmm. you might use a period tracking app there's plenty online if you search in the app store I like pen to paper personally I tend to use Mm -hmm. my journal or I've got a free cycle chart on my website that you can download Um, some people like to use their notes app on their phone I don't really have a like number one charting method The, the best one is the one that you're actually going to use so just Amen. Pick, pick one <laughs> and just do it. <laughs> every day. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Just pick that one and do so it every awesome. day. Yeah, and just this like really simple checking in. How like how's your energy today? How do you feel? Was your physical energy at? How did you sleep? How are you relating to your partner? You know, what's your mental headspace like? What's going on for you in your heart? How are your you know emotions and feelings today? Whatever whatever comes up for you, just making a notes and it could just literally be like three words. But over time, as you start to chart every day and, and just do this check-in, you will start to see patterns emerging. And I'm not saying that you need to go out there and like love on your period and like love on your hormones right away. But I do hope, and I have seen this over and over again, that with this awareness and with this understanding and these like light bulb moments going off about where, you know, your more vulnerable points in the cycle are or where your strengths and where your superpowers are and then being able to like where, you know, within the realities of your life, adjust things so that you can um, live in, you know, greater sync with your cycle, that there is a natural appreciation that does begin to emerge and and a feeling of actually being like held by this rhythm rather than feeling like you're just thrown out to sea and kind of left to drown in the female hormonal cycle actually it can become something that you feel held in rather than you know lost to so that's the best place to begin is really just some simple charting checking in every day and just watching those patterns emerge I love that. Thank you. I was thinking about when you're talking about the benefits of it, my, the main benefit that I took away from tracking my cycle is security, Mm -hmm. like a sense of security and really understanding and knowing that concrete information of what day am I on? And this is, I don't know, this is the intention behind your Instagram. But um, when I started off, and I was like, okay, I'm going to track it, but how do I feel? And what words am I supposed to 
be using to describe how it is I'm feeling or what does she mean exactly? I love your Instagram story highlights. Um, mm. That's like day one, day two, day three, day four. So for like two cycles in a row, when I was trying to get the hang of this, I basically was, I, I was not in sync with you, but just, I was like, well, what, what was her day one like, you know, and took the mystery out of it for me. So instead of um, being like, well, is this how I'm supposed to be feeling and overanalyzing it and overthinking it? I basically was like, oh, well, what's other people's experience with this? And since no one at the time in my friend circle was talking about it, I was like, you know, I'm just curious what these period coaches, these period gurus are talking about. And it made sense. And it just clicked. And I was like, aha, yeah, I do feel higher energy at this time. And I, I do feel lower energy at this time. And I do feel more introverted and extroverted and, and all of that. And, and also, then my husband knows more about my cycle now, too because I talked about it openly with a him. Oh. And basically, we have three girls, right? So we, I'm like, you need to get real comfortable talking about this. This is not uh-huh. going to be, I, I'm conditioning you as much as I am the girls, you know, just to be comfortable with this right now. But I also think your book is just, I, I love that it's, it's even more vibrant and wonderful than Instagram, you know, and just really breaks it down. I am curious, though, what age group did you have in mind when you were writing this book? When I st- when I started writing this book, I mean, I started on the oh god, I started on the proposal for this book four years ago, so it's had mm. various incarnations over the years. Okay. And, um. Yeah, I, I really wanted this book to be able to be picked up by anybody who is currently menstruating, or like I said, who is even beyond menstruating years and wanted to, you know, to look back retrospectively, that they could pick it up and gain something from it. So while I didn't write it for teenagers necessarily, I also mm-hmm. knew that I needed it to be accessible to somebody who had just started their period too. So there is mention of um, like sex and sexual desire and libido and things things like that in the book but the truth is those things still exist you know they exist when you're 16 and so Mm -hmm. it was important to me that I didn't shy away from those topics either and that um and that you know we talked about them because I, I think it's really important to talk about them saying that of course if you're considering buying the book for a um like a young woman maybe read through the book first just to make sure that that you're comfortable with Um, some of the slightly more adult conversations in the book but ultimately I really just wanted anybody in their like teens 20s 30s 40s and beyond to be able to gain something from this book and you did it you took on that big task and it's visually appealing it's interesting it's easy to read it's easy to understand and it is absolutely something that I would feel comfortable having on my bookshelf and would feel comfortable with my girls you know as they get closer to the age of starting their periods and we're curious about it and you know I know that they can talk to me but I also know that I have three different personalities Mm. and they're each going to approach it very differently so it's nice to know that I'm going to have a resource on the shelf that they can pick up if they're curious um, to learn more about themselves. And it just is really empowering. But I know that you offer things outside of your amazing book. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. I can. So my courses are the best place to come and learn with me and I really love teaching them they're they're group courses we teach everything everything's online and I've got three different programs at the moment you can come and learn about self-care in the cycle and how the way that we approach well-being you know needs to be approached from a more cyclical perspective as we've spoken about today Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a course on journaling your menstrual cycles so if you are more interested in the pen to paper approach the journaling which I personally love then I've got Mm -hmm. a framework that you can come and borrow so you can every day have a different prompt to to check in to see where you are in the cycle and how you're feeling and I have a course on creativity in the menstrual cycle too because that's something that I'm re- I really love um, exploring is how our creative energy and our productivity and our need for rest and how we can access our best ideas and do our best work how all of that is also you know intricately linked with our hormonal ebbs and flows as well so 
that's the best place to come and learn more. Um, that's everything so far on my website at clairebaker.com. But as you said, Instagram is definitely one of my mm-hmm. favorite places to hang out. And I really love hearing stories like what you just shared, Laurie Beth, about checking in with my daily cycle updates and seeing where I'm at so that you can you know, be able to see yourself in those stories, right? Because if it's not something we're having regular conversations about with friends or a partner, um, then it's great to be able to have those conversations online because there are people who are really happy to talk about it and I'm happy to talk about it with you. So That's come awesome. Friend, yeah, and, and have a chat. Let me know where you are in your cycle today and how you're feeling. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for holding this space for us to do that and for showing up in that way. And it just feels like you're going first and also, you know, being vulnerable and being open. And by doing that, you're encouraging so many women around the world to do the same thing. And so I just super appreciate the work that you're doing for myself and for my daughters, because I know it's going to serve their generation as well. Claire, this has been so fantastic. I super appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your light and wisdom with us. Yeah, go check Claire out. I will link to all of her fun in the show notes. But seriously, Claire, thank you very much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. This has been such a joy. Thanks so much. That's it for this episode of Elevating Motherhood. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found some insight and inspiration, or maybe a little of both. If you like today's show, please leave a review on iTunes. I use your feedback to plan future shows and cover topics that serve you. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Links to those accounts are in the show notes. For more information, including today's show notes, head to elevatingmotherhood.com. That's elevatingmotherhood.com. Thanks again, Mama. I appreciate you.